Hi guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive. And today I have uh, three incredible guests. Why don't you guys say hello? Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Hi, everybody. Uh, so uh, I have with me today uh, Risa Puno, who uh, is an artist from New York City. And uh, she ha was previously on Gameplay Radio earlier this year during the summer, um, demonstrating uh, part one of an RPG that she created called The Quiet. Um, we also have Sena, uh, who is an actor on the stage and also a voice actor. Uh, she has been on the stage, uh, the TV screen and the movie screen. Uh, so she's been practically everywhere there is to perform, yes. <laughs> and. Uh, we also have Mieko Gavia, a writer, actress, model uh, who works with the Black Revolutionary Theater Workshop. So thank you to the three of you for being here today. I am so thrilled to have you all here. Yay! Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, me yes. too. So excited. What is y'all's, what are all of y'all's experiences with, um, role-playing games. Risa, I know yours a little bit, but why don't we all reiterate here? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I helped write one, but yeah. I, um, I don't have a whole lot of experience. The only RPG that I've played is Dungeons and Dragons, really. Um, and so I'm really excited to, to play with something that's got a real different flavor. Well, yeah, I mean, and what we're playing today is definitely going to have a different flavor. So uh, <laughs> We'll have to talk about that in a minute. Zaina, <laughs> uh, what about you? What's uh, your experience with it? Uh, zero, none. This is my very first, my first time. So I'm a brand new uh, recruit. <laughs> very wow. excited about this. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that my acting experience will kind of prepare me for this. I sort of took the roles as a script <laughs> and <laughs> character preparation and I'm hoping that will help me we'll see um yeah wow. for, first time okay um have you are you familiar and comfortable are you a big like fantasy person or anything like that a or? little bit like yeah. um yeah I uh I, a, a little bit a little bit. This, oh, this, this, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in like, am I a Game of Thrones kind of person? Yes. But this is a new world for me. So all of this is like new territory. Very cool. Did you know anyone who'd ever played like RPGs before now? Or you're, you're literally like, like let's in, just do it. This, yeah, this is new. I mean, this Amazing. is like I said, this is like maybe from back in school. And I recently found out a friend of mine, like, can maybe out it themselves kind of to me as like as, as someone who who had done uh D&D &D and kind of like <laughs> recently told me like oh I'm yeah. in this world and I was like oh like why didn't you why didn't we ever talk about this like I'm going to be doing something but that was yeah. news to me I have not known about this world so I am really excited to dive in wow a brand new person I'm so thrilled oh. and honored I'm so, <laughs> so thrilled and honored to have you here I mean storytelling is really like I mean, RPGs are just kind of like a structured way to tell stories. So I, I hope that you find yourself comfortable with it. I hope so, too. Like I said, it, it seems exactly that, like building a play. So that's yeah. how I'm looking at it. That's that's totally fair. Uh, Mieko, what about you? Um, so I've played D&D &D before. I have like a regular D&D &D thing going on. And um, I actually played this game called Paranoia for another podcast. Oh. Um, that was fun. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's also, so um, 
uh, heads up to our listeners, we're going to be uh, playing something that is a little spooky today. Um, and so Paranoia is also, I mean, just by the name alone, sounds like it's another horror game, is it not? It is more of a sci-fi game. Hmm. And so it's, um, you're kind of playing, um, you're playing and you can't trust anybody in your, uh, any of the other players. Right. So okay. you're making alliances, you're backstabbing people, and you're also f- kind of fighting against the computer, which is mm. the all, all-encompassing sentient omniscient entity, and that controls the entire world. So you can't trust the oh. computer, you can't trust oh. your other players. Um, the only person you can trust is yourself. And you can't even trust your equipment, actually. So, oh. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a really rough position to be in for any any game. Yeah, yeah, but it was a lot of fun. How did you? I mean, so your so your first experience was in with with Dungeons and Dragons. How did you feel about the crossover uh, between the two? Um, I thought it was kind of I kind of understood what I was doing, um, but I don't know. The mechanics of paranoia seemed a little. I mean, when you, whenever you play a different role-playing game, it's always going to be different. Um, so, so yeah, so there was a bit of a learning curve trying to understand that difference, but I think it was a lot of a simpler, the moves and what you could do was a lot more streamlined than D&D because you didn't have sure. like a, a long spell list or anything like that. Yeah, that is definitely one of the very specific things that stand, that makes uh, Dungeons and Dragons stand out. Um, I've recently been come aware of the term for for role playing games crunchy or creamy, like different like peanut butter, like whether it's like creamy or crunchy. And um, if it has a lot of rules, it's crunchy. Or if it's like creamy, that it like doesn't have a lot of rules in it. Um, and I was just going to say that Dungeons and Dragons is one hundred percent an extra crunchy game. So um, it's. For me, that was a turnoff yeah. at, at the beginning, right? I was like, why is this necessary? And these rules are ridiculous. And it's like, yeah. and Avi, who worked on the the RPG with me, um, The Quiet, he mm-hmm. would go back and be like, well, this has been around since the 70s. And he would explain the evolution to me and blah, blah. And I was like, well, why is this necessary? But having <laughs> played a lot more, I get it. Like, I, I feel like I get it. I mean, the, the one we wrote is super creamy. Like, super creamy. You can onboard <laughs> mm-hmm. in like, 15 minutes, right? Um, whereas uh, Dungeons and Dragons, I've, I've, I have acquired a taste for the crunch because I understand that um, it sets up challenges, you know, for everybody, mm. for the people running the game, for the people playing the game. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of depends on, I, I think the peanut butter analogy is good because it's like, yeah. it's what you prefer, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it depends on also how big well, it depends on how big the world is, right? Because I think the game we're going to be playing today has a very, like, it's very insular. Like, it has a lot of interesting um, narratives and uh, probably a few metaphors for a couple of different things. But overall, like, the story setting is very, like, it's very one, it's one setting. Whereas with games like Dungeons and Dragons, like, yes, there are thousands of rules, but also there are so many settings and ways that it can be done as well. So I wonder if the bigger the game is, the more people feel like they need to add crunch to it. I don't, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, how, how does that translate? Uh, 
I don't know like if any of this translate to uh, theater or performance as well, if you've found that with like bigger, more complicated uh, stories that encompass more, there's more like direction and staging and everything when you're performing. Of course. I mean, of course, there are definitely uh, there are definitely stories that have multiple levels. And then there are stories where you can say, OK, this is this this has this level of depth and this has that level of depth. You know, this is I don't want to say shallow, but this, you know, this goes to here and this goes all the way down to here. This story has this much this many arcs and this much going on and this one doesn't. Um, yeah, I, I, I that, you know, you definitely can make a comparison there. But I have a question. How, how much crunch is in our game today? <laughs> today yeah that you know that's a good question um i would say it's like i mean it's not the creamiest game i've ever played i've played a lot of creamy games on this on this game on this show um i'd say it's probably like medium to mild middle medium to mild crunch like it's not like the crunchiest thing you'll ever see but um it definitely has a number of rules to it um i guess by this point we should probably just introduce the game since we've been talking about it for a while uh Today, I'm very excited to be playing um, one half of a game called Bluebeard's Bride. Uh, Bluebeard's Bride was created by Whitney Strix Beltran, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson. Uh, thank you so much to the three of them for making it, if they're listening to this, which would be incredible if they are. Uh, but Bluebeard's Bride is um, an incredible role-playing game where... Uh, my three lovely guests are going to be playing aspects of um, this bride's psyche who has married a man who might be um, untrustworthy uh, in order to uh, raise herself out of poverty. Um, and this man has had several wives before. Who knows what happened to them? So <laughs> uh, they're going to be going around and exploring this house um, that uh, might get a little creepy as well. Um, and it's going to be, I thought it would be perfect for kind of the Halloween weekend. Uh, we're going to do this in two parts. Uh, this week is going to be mostly set up of the story, uh, cause it's just extremely important and extremely fun. Um, and then next week is going to be, uh, you know, more of exploring the house itself and like the big finale as well. So I think I'm very excited for all of that. Um, I think the most interesting part for me actually about playing Bluebeard's Bride is that, it's a game that is written by three women and it seems like their main emphasis with the creation of this game is to really expose and explore uh, the things that women have to deal with in modern society as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward and interesting, interested in kind of exploring those aspects. Um, like how often do my three lovely guests, how often do you three find yourselves talking about um female oppression sexism feminists kind of how often do you have like feminist discussions with your friends um lately a lot yeah <laughs> hmm. it's like it's less of a like formal discussion and more just that's just how every day is so this is now just sharing <laughs> yeah that's fair um yeah, I mean that that makes complete that that does make complete sense and I think it's I think it's also why sitting down with us I don't know it makes me excited because I I think it's a way for us to really like kind of explore what that effect actually is. I know a lot of us go, "Oh, yep, mhm, mm there it is. There it is again." Um but it's I don't know, it's it's interesting to imagine. So, 
Well, it's really exciting because I feel like in other games, that's something you end up putting away a lot. Like, um, Mm. you know, especially if like you play D&D with a bunch of dude bros, really nice, but it's like, it's a very different, you know, you, you just, I mean, at least I do, I can't speak for anyone else, but um, I end up having to put away pieces of myself. Right. And so the idea of getting to actually embrace some of that in a game is really exciting, at least to me. Yep. Uh, thank you for putting those words actually out there that I was trying to say, but was not. <laughs> so um, ex- exactly that. It's a game that really focuses on uh, the female perspective in a very horrifying way, um, but in a way that I, I find very interesting. Um, are you guys, are the three of you comfortable with horror at all? Like, are you big Halloween fans? Like, where are you on that spectrum of people? Um, I love Halloween so much. Um, yes. It's my little sister's birthday, so it was always a big deal. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, especially because we would go trick-or-treating and she'd get bubblegum and she hated bubblegum. And so I would okay. eat all her bubblegum and I would tell people, hey, it's her birthday. Give her extra candy. And they would. So I'd get so much bubblegum. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, wow. I get whatever she didn't like. <laughs> How much younger uh, than you is she? She's like a year and a half younger than me. Oh my God. Okay, right. just owning, just owning Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as scary movies go, um, I have not. I don't really enjoy scary movies that much, but I'm getting used to them because I'm doing research for a project right now, and I'm also. Um, so I have this job where I write YouTube videos for Netflix and, uh, that requires me to watch a lot of content. And since it's October, they want me to watch a lot of scary stuff. So Uh I'm developing a tolerance for it. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. And also Miego, we definitely have to talk about the fact that you're actually writing about Bluebeard, the Bluebeard's Bride story yourself right now. Yeah. I so I read this story. Um, I read a story that was very similar. It's called Fletcher's Bird. When I was a kid, it's basically mm. the same story, except instead of a key that she's given, she's given an egg. An egg. She's given an egg. Yeah, and so the egg. Huh. Uh, and so yeah, she's given an egg, and then the egg. I think it hatches into a bird or something, and so that's why it's called Fletcher's Bird. Um. Oh sure. Uh, I've that or she sees a bird in the forest. I don't quite remember. Um, but it's, I read it. The pictures terrified me. Um, but I, I really loved it. I thought it was such a fascinating story. And, um, one day I was riding on the train with my friend and we were chatting about, um, about just like hypotheticals about like magical objects that could be passed down through Mm -hmm. generations and so it kind of those two ideas kind of came together into this story idea um about a a girl who her sister married the bluebeard character yeah and um wound up dead and so she's coming to to kind of collect her sister's things kind of mourn with the guy and so she starts noticing all of this strange stuff going around so she has to kind of figure out what to do about it oh okay that's awesome how long have you been working on that uh i've been working on it for about six months nice so 
I love that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. So so when you when you got the the ask to be on the show to play basically Boobers right as a game, I mean that must have been like it feels like Kismet, basically. Yeah. I'm very excited. This is gonna be great for research. <laughs> Good, great. Uh, and then you can play it again as, as many times as you want after that too. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fantastic. Um, and interesting because, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the, the game is about the story and they really try to keep that in mind as they're writing it. So very, very cool. Um, I, I feel like Risa? we're going to be yeah. leaning on you a lot in the game. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. I was like, is that, can we just, yeah, I'm going to be leaning on you all the time. <laughs> It's for all the help I can get me passing to you as often as possible. <laughs> well, because she both, she both knows the story the best and has the most RPG experience. <laughs> but honestly, I'm leaning on both of you all because you guys actually act. I am not an actor at all. I'm not a performer, only for fun. And so like, like if you want to do like crappy karaoke with me, I'm all in. but like uh so this is this is definitely i'm leaning on both y'all for (laughs) for this role-playing thing you guys are going to do excellently as long as you can handle a little creep as well but well that's um, the thing horror so that's an interesting thing so for me i i i love halloween um i I got more into it, like, let's say a little over 10 years ago when I was trying to be like, I, I was kind of annoyed with sexy Halloween because I was like, why? I'm cold. My <laughs> yeah. feet hurt. Like, what? what is this? And so I was like, somebody was like, oh, it's all about fantasy, Risa. And I'm like, well, this is not my fantasy. Like, <laughs> And so I started yeah. thinking about it and I dressed up as a giant cupcake. Like it was not a sexy. It was like a, like, it was like the costume you'd make for a toddler except I was a full-grown adult like actually like looked up like the ADA standards for wheelchair width and stuff like that so I'd be able to fit through doors spoiler there are bars in the East Village that are grandfathered in and that are definitely not wheelchair accessible just saying Um, but it was amazing I felt like I was like a celebrity walking down the street because people would just yell cupcake or they like wanted to take pictures with the giant goofy cupcake like like I looked like yeah like one of those people in like Times Square that you know you take a picture with, with your child. Um, and so I love that part of Halloween. Um, but horror has never been my thing. Like, uh, I was talking to somebody about haunts, like the haunt industry and haunted houses. And mm. I was like, um, yeah, I was like that whole, you know, um, being f- like grabbed and like being frightened while pretending to have a good time. That's like every frat party I went to. So I don't really feel mm. the need to do this for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, I feel like for me, um, I, I get my, my like adrenaline kicks in other ways, but I, I feel like this is, this is one of the few ways that I feel like I'm, I'm cool to explore this with, you know, I think outside of, you know, the, the sort of feminist critique of it, there's also the knowing that there is a live like person running the game. There's like, and and can tailor it to like how we're doing is reassuring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And we'll go over, um, we'll go over this in like a few minutes, but also, you know, we're definitely, this is a game that has safety mechanics built in just for that reason. Um, I, I have to admit, I also am a bit of a weenie when it comes to, like, ghosts and haunting stuff. <laughs> um, I had friends in college who, like, were like, let's play with a Ouija board. And I was like, let's not. Like, <laughs> let's not. 
Like, why would you ever mess with that? Like, actually, why would you ever ask for that to happen? I actually did a science project based on the Ouija board. No what? kidding. Yeah. Me and what, were my, you, what were you studying? We were studying, like, whether or not it was real. So we were, like, so we oh. brought a bunch of subjects, testing subjects in. We had mm-hmm. them um, blindfolded. And then we asked the board math problems. Huh. Okay. so we would see like if they got it right at the end like there were quite a few that the board got right really yeah well, and then fascinating yeah and so then um there was there was this one moment when because we were in an empty classroom with the lights off and then a window just like slammed shut and everybody freaked out yeah. <laughs> that was great but oh, yeah my God. There was a spirit. We got to state. We got to state with that. That's experiment. awesome. Yeah. There you go. That is the coolest science experiment I have ever heard of. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm very excited for you. I'm also glad personally that I was not there. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, yeah. Wow. Um, Zaina, what about you? No. Where are you, where are you on the horror scale? I am not a fan of horror. <laughs> can't do it don't like to watch it and halloween i um i feel like there's a lot of pressure for costumes and i just chicken out so like halloween is weirdly one of those things that it's one of those days i like to watch but i like it's a highly Mm. stressful day for me costume wise it's just the level of costuming is insane like people are so thoughtful and creative and I mean, I feel yeah. like it's one of those things where people begin three, four, five months in advance with their costumes, or they just have brilliant ideas two, three days before, and I just cannot compete. I can't get it together. Oh so my I, God. Just, I just can't. I can't. I girl, can never. Girl, I never have anywhere to go anymore. I will make you your costume next year. Like, I will make it for yeah. you so that I get to make one. Maybe that's what I have to do. I have to contract it out because, like, I have yeah. to go to. I just never have anything to wear that's good, and oh, people have so the real. best outfits and it's just embarrassing to show up and be like uh I don't know what to wear and it's like you said I don't want to do the sexy thing I think that's played out and tired but you have to do something creative I I never have the creative thing so it's kind of like my night home I kind of don't do it I like to watch the kids I kind of like to watch the the insane costumes that I sort of don't do it and scary movies not for me or you got to be booed up like that's something you got to do snuggled up with your honey bunny or something I can't watch anything scary alone and I cannot watch anything scary in the dark. That's a daytime activity. <laughs> Unlike, oh, sure. oh yeah. All lights on, no noises. I no, don't surprise me. Like I am terrified of stuff. Oh, absolutely. I have two roommates who are really into horror movies and it's been a real there where we've had many conversations where they're like, what is your threshold? Like, Why <laughs> do you need to know? Like, don't do it. That's the threshold. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree, but also, like, I've seen, like, some stuff that's, like, creepy recently, and I've, like, managed okay. I'm just, like, no hauntings. Which, um, it's a little ironic because this is story it has, is set basically in a haunted house, but, um, (laughs) I get to control that. So, um. See, I'm fine with hauntings. I just can't do zombies. Zombies are my no-go. Yeah, I hate why? I don't even mind zombies. What's wrong with zombies? Because they're, I think it's because they're everywhere. Like you never had just have one zombie. You have like a bunch of zombies. And mm-hmm. they yeah, will okay, find I get that. you. 
Well, <laughs> now I'm scared of zombies. Yeah. <laughs> I used to like sit in class and have like a zombie escape plan. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, you know, it's funny. Vampires, like, cause I, um, I don't know. Like I watched that. What the hell is, it's got like Josh Hartnett and he goes to Alaska. What? 30 days of night or something like that. Mm-hmm. A vampire, oh, old, well, oldish hmm. vampire movie. Um, and I just realized I found myself terrified, but also sad for the vampires because I'm like, you're immortal, right? And you always feel hungry. Imagine feeling hungry for all of eternity. That's so depressing. That's true. Like, no wonder you're so mean. Like, obviously you're mean. You're you're hangry for eternity. You have so much empathy, Risa, that your heart goes out. Your heart goes out to the undead. Oh my goodness! Have you have you ever seen what we do in the shadows? I love it. I love that. I love so that. Good. I love the it's movie. So good. I love love, yeah. love the movie. Love love love. I mean, the it's movie. I love it's the a comedy show. about vampires. Yeah. So the TV show is yeah. good too. Yes, love it. Yeah, love I've seen it. a couple episodes of that. Yeah. So. I love. I'm actually okay with anything undead. It's when it's like axe murderers, chainsaws. You know, like mm. that, that. That's spooky to me. Anything that's like not a real thing, I'm fine with it. Like not fine, but like I can kind of handle it. But a man with a weapon like that, or a, a person with a weapon coming like no, like coming I mean, through a wall, like chopping a door down. Uh uh-uh, uh, nope, no thank you. Keep that it. makes sense. Yeah, I mean that 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 makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense to me too. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gracious. Well, uh, we'll we'll see what we can do with this information. <laughs> oh uh, God! No, don't no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't worry. I'll I'll keep it strictly to your characters. Don't worry. That's uh, that was what I was specifically told. So. <laughs> Um, but we'll try to keep it, we'll try to keep it safe, but we should make sure that we have some time to get into some of this, uh, on this hour. Uh, so let's make sure to get into the game, but of course, before we do, because this is a radio station, um, we have a couple of things that I would like to share with you all as part of Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, so here they are, uh, Radio Free Brooklyn is pleased to announce that we are putting up a second Wall of Lies, which is a groundbreaking visual art project demonstrating the unprecedented lack of honesty from our current commander-in-chief. The original wall, which was first displayed in Bushwick, Brooklyn, was vandalized with white supremacist slogans including vote Trump or die and stand back and stand by. Uh, The new wall, twice as long as the original, is on public view at the northwest corner of Lafayette and Grand Streets in Soho until the 2020 election is decided. The new wall in Manhattan is twice as large as the original, spanning over 100 feet, and will include Black Lives Matter-themed artwork next to the mural provided by local artists. Uh, for more information, you should go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash walloflies. So uh, please go check that out. Um, yeah, just check it out. And if you're wondering what else Radio Free Brooklyn is up to, you should check out our monthly newsletter or sign up for it. Uh, at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash newsletter. We'll tell you all about new programming and upcoming RFB events, including when we do really cool stuff like making a wall of lies about our commander-in-chief, which we shouldn't ever have to do, but we did. <laughs> um, so go check that out. And if you want to support our radio station, um, you should go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate and support us there as well. All righty. Now that we've done that, 
<laughs> let's let's do the thing. <laughs> um, so, as I said when we started this hour, uh, we are playing Bluebeard's Bride, uh, written by Whitney Beltran, uh, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson. Um, our my three lovely players are going to be playing three different sisters or aspects of the bride's psyche. Um, and why don't the three of you introduce who you're going to be playing? Sure, I'll go ahead. Uh, I'm Sana and I'll be playing Fatal. Great. Um, I'm Miyako and I'll be playing Animus. Exciting. And, and I'm Risa and I will be playing Virgin. Excellent. Uh, so these three characters are, or these three sisters are going to be in control of uh, the different parts of uh, the bride and her personality as the story goes along. And um, they are also going to be helping to tell the story of how bride and the and Bluebeard met, or at least how that all went down. Uh, when we, like, as we start to play this game, um, I want all of our listeners and also our sisters to know that uh, we are using a mechanic called the X card. If anything at all makes you uncomfortable, make an X with your hands or message me privately. Uh, you don't have to explain why. It doesn't matter why. We simply uh, edit out anything that is X carded. Uh, if there is ever an issue, anyone can call for a break so we can talk privately too. Uh, it will help us play an amazing game together and not only protects you, but it also protects me. Um, so that will also be part of what we do. So we're going to, for the beginning of this intro, go into a little bit of... I'm going to be telling sort of the introduction to the story of Bluebeard's Bride and I'm going to be asking for sisters. I'm going to be asking for your help as we go along. Um, let's start. Once upon a time, there lived a lord whose palace was so splendid and so richly furnished that even the sultans could not be compared with it. He had dishes of gold and silver, sofas and chairs upholstered in the finest silk. The walls were adorned with every kind of curious antique. There was, however, something very odd about this lord. The color of his beard was a rich and shocking blue. His countenance was both distinct and unmistakable, so he was never spoken of by his real title, which was grand and noble, but instead he was simply referred to as Bluebeard. He was a fearsome man with deep-set eyes, and he was known for having an uneven temper. Even so, Bluebeard had been married many times. No one quite knew what had become of each one of his wives in turn, as there had never been a funeral at the palace that anyone living could remember. They simply vanished, and when time passed, he would marry anew. One day, Bluebeard went hunting in the countryside near his estate. With the sun high, he came upon a dilapidated farmstead and wished to slake his thirst and rest. The farmers were eager to please the powerful lord and sent their lovely young daughter scurrying to serve him tea and bread. Bluebeard was instantly smitten with her beauty. He decided right then that he would take her as his wife. Animus, what are the bride's hands like? Uh, the bride's hands are rough from work. Okay, and what weaknesses do you give away when others hold your hand? That I am scared of tenderness and physical intimacy. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Animus. Fatal, what does the bride's mouth look like? 
It is supple and full. Mm-hmm. And how do others keep her quiet? How do others keep her quiet? How do others keep her quiet? Um, I'm sorry. How do others keep her quiet? They... How do others keep her quiet? <laughs> I mean, it's a tough question. The question is, they, is she quiet? Well, yeah. How do others keep her quiet? Oh, how do others keep her quiet? Mm. Is this a trick question? <laughs> no. No. What? What? I don't know what you mean by trick question. Well, I guess. Wait, am I allowed to help? No. This is Fatal's decision. You oh. can say whatever you want to say. Oh, well, I was just going to... But I mean, like, because I'm giving myself a handicap, right? Like, if I'm saying, how do others keep... Like, I'm telling... I'm telling you how I want people to keep me quiet. Am you don't I... have to like it. Like, maybe they yell at you or something. Right. I was going to say, like, they... Mm -hmm. Can I say that they, like admonish me does that make sense like that they okay that's not the word that i want to use but they discipline me does that make sense yeah they're like shh yeah like shush but like like they set me straight they I just, think admonish seems like a good word it's yeah, yeah. is that I, yeah I'm, i want yeah. to physically like do this but like the, you know they admonish me they I'm, I'm already too far in my head here so it sounds like they physically and actively have to, sh like, quiet you. But also they intimidate me. Mm. You know, mm. admonish means, like, they also, they, they, I, let me make a choice. So let, with let, force. Let me make a choice. Let, no, let me make a choice. Let me make a choice. Okay. Let me Go make ahead. A choice. They, they tell me that I have nothing to say. Ooh. This shit just got deep. <laughs> oh. oh my god i feel that like i feel that this, is real. <laughs> this shit is getting real already already not that far you guys <laughs> amazing okay thank you fatal you're welcome Next. yes <laughs> virgin what do the bride's eyes look like i'd say Warm and deep, like like dark buckwheat honey. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. And how do others know you want them when they gaze into your eyes? Want them like, like, like sexually, or want them like as a intimate your friend? interpretation. Um, I think got? when they're close enough to see their reflection in my irises. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, uh, for a week, Bluebeard entertained, um, this young woman amongst a group of other fine lords and ladies. Uh, no expanse was spared. His wealth was dazzling in a way that a cobra dazzles a mouse. After the single hedonistic week, Bluebeard came to call with a marriage proposal. Bluebeard scared the young woman, but she couldn't let her family languish in poverty. 
And besides, maybe his beard wasn't quite that blue. She accepted his proposal. Animus. What are you leaving behind from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride? My rugged individualism. Fatal, what are you leaving behind for your from your provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride? My pride. And Virgin, what are you leaving behind from provincial life to become Bluebeard's bride? The protection of my family. Animus, when you first met, what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over? Um, that he held my hand and caressed my palm. Because it's so rough that I'm scared that nobody would ever do that, but he did it. Patel, when you first met, what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over? Mm. He washed my feet. And Virgin, when you first met, what loving gesture did Bluebeard make that won you over? He gave me his coat when I was shivering and made me feel protected. Animus, what gift did you present to Bluebeard before the wedding? And why did you choose this? Um, I made him a wood carving of himself. I wanted to give him something that I had made. And I also wanted to show him that I can... I have things I like to do for myself. Okay. Fatal, what gifts did you present to Bluebeard before the wedding, and why did you choose this? Can they be X-rated? Yes. This is uncensored radio. You're good. <laughs> Fatal! <laughs> um... I made a fairy tale about him and kissed him in every part of his body. So I made thousands of fairy tales about him and kissed him on thousands of parts of his body. That's thousands Ooh. of kisses, Ooh. thousands of fairy tales. This is Shaharazad style love, honey. Okay. <laughs> this, is, mm. this is fatal style seduction okay mm. i okay. love that and why did you choose to and why this? did i choose to do that i wanted him to know that i would always be not just entertaining to him because he has everything so it's a bit like what do you give the man who has everything but that i could make him feel like the center of his own universe and by doing that make him feel like there are thousands of universes for him to discover. And so that's why each time a new story, each time a new place, and then a sensuous explosion on his body with these kisses. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Virgin, what gift did you present to Bluebeard before the wedding and why? I hand embroidered a handkerchief for him um, because I wanted him to always have something from me, always have a piece of me with him. And 
especially as we were starting to stitch our lives together. Yeah. Okay. Animus, do you trust your generous husband, Bluebeard, or do you hold unkind suspicions? And why? I'm a little suspicious of him um, because I am afraid of tenderness. And anybody who shows up immediately with tenderness is suspect. Okay. Fatal, do you trust your generous husband, Bluebeard, or do you hold unkind suspicions and why? I don't trust him because he has gone through women too quickly in the past. Okay. And Virgin, do you trust your generous husband, Bluebeard, or do you hold unkind suspicions? I do trust him, but... I'm scared of him. I'm scared of his strength. Okay. So, in this state of being, the bride and Bluebeard were married at the palace. Such a sight it was. A thousand white lilies decorated the pagoda for the ceremony. Delightful incense burned throughout the night. The young bride awoke the next morning in her bed alone, her marriage yet unconsummated. This caused her some amount of anxiety, but also relief. She was escorted by a servant to the dining hall, and there she found Bluebeard breaking his fast. He greeted her cheerily and bade her eat. Bluebeard informed her that he had received urgent news and must leave at once on a journey of much importance and would likely be gone for many weeks. To console her, he kissed her affectionately and gave her the keys to every door in the house. He bade her amuse herself in his absence. Here, he said, are the keys to your new home. The smallest key, my dear, is for the closet at the end of the great gallery. Open everything, go everywhere, save this one little room. I forbid you to use that key. The, pro the bride promised to faithfully obey his orders. She stood waving to him from the palace gates of, and his, as his caravan of camels and horses kicked up a trail of dust as they departed. Now, we see all of us here. How are you, let us establish before we get into however much time we have left for a bit of exploration. Um, let's get into a little bit of what you guys feel about each other, because you are all sisters of the bride and you are all there existing together. So, Animus, you hold yourself apart from your sisters, but who is the only one that soothes you? Um, the Virgin is the only one that soothes me. Okay, and explain a time that they calmed your rage. Um, there was a time when I was out in the fields working and I hurt myself. I was using a scythe and I, I accidentally hit my feet and I was incredibly angry and the virgin soothed me by telling me that everything was going to be okay, that eventually I would heal and that it wouldn't make me any less beautiful. You were also envious of another one of your sisters. Who are you envious of? Um, I'm envious of Fatal. Um, explain why you can never compare to them. I can never compare to Fatal because Fatal is so much more confident 
in her body than me. Okay. I would note that down for yourself. Fatal, your sisters are who they are, boring and predictable, but who has no idea of a woman's true power? I think Virgin has no idea of a woman's true power. Yes, I think it's Virgin. Explain why you wish to teach her. I wish to teach Virgin because I think because Virgin has strong uh, compassion, heart. She has um, other qualities that are very strong. And I think that if she combined them with her feminine power, I mean, she'd really kind of ascend to the next level. Okay. Uh, you also tried to draw in one of your sisters with your seductive aura. Who is that? Ooh. Mm, well, I guess that's Animus. Explain how you hide your insecurities from Animus. Well, that's interesting. I hide my insecurities from Animus by, by presenting myself a bit more confidently, perhaps, than sometimes I think feel inwardly or actually um, sometimes being maybe a bit louder or a bit more sure-footed than I actually am uh, I'm hiding it presentation presentation hmm. <laughs> all right virgin you trust your sisters for the most part but who blackens your innocence with her every word Animus. Oh. Oh. Explain how she became your enemy. My enemy. Um, well, enemy's a tough word. I don't know if Virgin likes to use that word, but <laughs> she does. Um, there was a time when we were both small, and I was delighted um, that the leaves were turning in autumn. The colors were gorgeous. The air was crisp. And Animus explained to me that it's a sign that life is dying. Those are leaves that are shriveling. And it kind of crushed me. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, she, she brings it back to what's real and makes me see things that I don't always want to see. And who often helps you play tricks on the other? That's Fatal, for mm -hmm. sure. Explain a time when Fatal was your ally in mischief. Well, this wasn't necessarily a trick on someone else. It was, um, she once convinced me to go skinny dipping. Um, but she didn't leave me alone. And she said we could go at night when nobody was around. Okay. I hope that you have all written, noted this down for yourselves and your characters your understandings of each other. We have a bit of time left, so let's set the scene, see how, how you all, how the bride is doing. And um, I'm going to say that Fatal has the ring first. So one of the mechanics for this game, for those who are listening, um, 
is that uh, these three sisters are, of course, all living and part living parts of the bride, but um, only one can control the bride's physical body at, a, at any given time, and they have to take turns. Uh, of course, they are all in this together and working through and trying to explore this house together, um, and there are things that uh, the sisters who are not in full control can do, but um, only the person who has the full control can do a specific number of moves depending on what is happening at the time. And uh, Fatal, you are going to be the first one in full control. So, okay, that is that. that <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to do great. If you have any questions, I'm here. Okay. And so, as previously emphasized, your husband has kissed you affectionately, given you your set of keys, and left you alone. With servants, of course. It's a big house. There are probably servants around. Um, but you're here. What do you do? Okay. Okay. I just... And you can discuss at any time, all three of you. Okay. You talk at any time. I just, um, I've got ring moves, right? That I can, that I can do, right? You So you have moves that you can do in specific situations. But in the meantime, oh. like you can do whatever you want. Oh, okay. So, so you can wander the halls, you can pick a direction to go in. There are many floors in this house. Oh, fantastic. Many different okay. places to explore. You can say, "Ooh, I want to check out this," or you can try to find people to talk to. You can do oh, whatever. Um, uh, okay, well, I, am I, I I'm in the dining room. Well, I'm in the room where he's just broken fast. Um, I'd like yeah, to ex I'd like to explore the house a little bit. Um, so can I walk around? Yeah. Are you just wandering around? Are you, um, I'd like to, I mean, I would like to walk to the tiny door. Is that too much to do right away? He did make it seem okay. like you shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. <laughs> um, wives, what do you think I should do? If I, if I've just woken up, I kind of do want to just go explore. Yeah. So do we. Do we know where Bluebeard spends most of his time usually, or we don't know anything about any of the spaces? This is um, the first time that you have been in the house with him. You slept, you fell asleep after the wedding, but this is the first time you've been in this house and he has left. Um, but, but there are servants in the house? Yeah, if you call for someone, or do if you're looking for someone. I do we want to explore on our own or do we want to ask someone something? Like, well, suppose we could ask for someone for something, but I don't even know what to ask for because I want to go digging around for something. But I want to mm. go, I just want to go to that door. I mean, <laughs> so, go to so, the door and listen. For, for, for a little context mm. about the door, um, the mechanic of the game is that you have to prove to yourself that he is loyal or not loyal. And if, and, um, Regardless of what happens, um, you will go to that door eventually. But okay. You kind of have to prove to yourself um, right. Right. whether or not you believe him or not. Right. Like at the moment, some, several of you are suspicious right. of him. But also, he suspicious enough to break into the one place he told you not to go. Maybe not. Also, this was unconsummated. So I might actually yes. want to know. Like, I may want to look in like some drawers. Can I do that? Uh, what kind of drawers are you looking for? 
not panties. I mean, like uh, desk drawer. <laughs> I just, I just might want to know business, like where he's gone, like where, okay. where he's actually going. So uh, you, you go wandering around. You are, you know, the house is surprisingly cool for the oh. season that it's currently in. It's, um, it's. The hallways are filled, they're like dark wood paneled, and they have this like kind of intricate, like dark, like blue and black like rugs running through them. He seems to have really gone with the blue aesthetic, like really <laughs> um, <laughs> and as he's wa- as you're wandering around, it's it's quiet, your footsteps are hushed by the carpet around you and you find as you're wandering around the hallways looking for a door that the hallways that you're wandering around in, they're suspiciously long. You swear you've been walking down, it feels like you've been walking down this hallway for at least half an hour and you haven't reached the end yet. What? Yeah, it's it's strange. You know you've been going somewhere, but it just doesn't seem to... So now I need it. I'm going to need, uh, I'd like to call for a servant, please. I'm going to need a guy. I, I need someone to help me. I, if I've been walking in a house for half an hour, I need someone to help, please. Certainly. Uh, as you, as you call out, hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> echo, echo, echo. echo. <laughs> Actually, uh, you know what? I'm going to call this, um, a call for help. Okay. Um, so I'm going to request that you roll some dice here. Oh, whoa. Okay. Yeah. So you're just going to roll two, d- two D6, six sided dice. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to add your resilience statistic, which side note for our listeners, they have three stats. It's blood resilience and carnality. Okay. I have rolled uh two six sided dice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have um, a four. Okay, so you call out for help. And as you do so, um, someone does appear. It looks like it's a, a young woman who looks like she's in kind of um, a well-fitted, like a, like a fitted kind of a strict, it looks like almost like a nanny's, like a, like a, like a caretaker woman's dress. She's wearing like this black dress with like a high collar and very tight shoulders, tight arms, like very tight to the body, this dress, her hair is pulled back in this really like tight bun. I mean, she seems like completely clenched and, um, she comes up to you and she says, what? Are you the new bride? Well, first of all, I don't like that tone. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am the new bride. Uh, uh, um, yes. Yes, I am the new bride. Yes. I mean, I can answer her. Yes, I am Mrs. Bluebeard. Okay. Yeah, and you And you called for assistance? Yes, I called for assistance. Who are you? I am the... (laughs) Sorry. Um... (laughs) I think the most important question is, who are you to talk to me this way? Oh, 
You have never been in this house before. How could you have anything to say to me? Okay, first of all, I don't think you know who you are talking to. I just told you I am Mrs. Bluebeard. You are wearing a maid's uniform. Who are you talking to in that tone? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I'm sorry. Can I hear you? Who are you? Like, what is happening? Okay. What's your uh, ring? Because as you're and as and um, somebody as, else needs to step in. <laughs> as this is happening, um, you see that she has pulled. She's she's like you're. So you're like telling her like what the fuck? And yeah, she's like no, like absolutely not. I will not listen to you. And in fact, she's raising up her hands to cover her ears as if she's not going to listen to you. And you see that her fingers are long longer than they should be infinitely long and they have these like nails on them that are like curved and she's just putting them up to her ears and she's looking at you with a sharp expression sharper than you expected it to and she's saying no no oh. absolutely not no and oh. that's where we're gonna have to leave it for this hour oh. <laughs> oh. oh that's really good that's really good that's really good Oh, wow. Thank you. Yeah, so how was how was your first experience of of being the first part of starting Bluebeard's Bride? How are you guys feeling so far? Wow. It's, it's really fun. good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a yeah. deep. It's a great story. Yeah. Uh, I really love how much time they really spend to um yeah, asking the sisters to create the story. It's like one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Oh my god. I enjoyed that way more than I, I, I didn't know what to expect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that was really interesting. That, yeah, that's a lot of fun. Okay. Oh my God. I, I can't believe we're stopping there. <laughs> uh, we just got like right into it. I was so ready. Um, I know. Well, we'll definitely, we'll yeah. go into it more, uh, when we yeah. air the next episode next weekend, next Sunday, where we're still going to have some spoopy times. We wanted to make sure to get this on either side of Halloween so you can spook before Halloween and just after Halloween. So I hope that you guys enjoy that. Um, Thank you so much to um, my lovely guests for being here and doing this. I'm so excited that we're doing this. Um, and uh, thank you so much to our listeners for being here, listening to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I hope you will join us next week, as always, Sundays at 2 p.m. Um, and of course, this episode will also be uploaded to the archive later, uh, the Sunday actually on Halloween, the Saturday actually on Halloween. So if you want to listen to this and then listen to the second half on Sunday, November 1st, you should do that too. Um, so make sure to check that out. And in the meantime, um, have a spooky Sunday. Woo. Bye. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs>